On this episode, burgers, dehydration, that's physical, not the edible kind, and good times and hard times on Mount Rainier National Park's Wonderland Trail. Welcome to the Almost There Adventure Podcast. hosts, Severia Tilden, Jeff Hester, and Jason Fitzpatrick. So for today's episode, we're talking about wonderful things, as in the Wonderland Trail up in Washington State. We have a number of perspectives that we're going to be exploring today. So we're going to be hearing about the Wonderland Trail from our friends Paulina and Mac, and we're also going to be hearing from our my co-hosts, our co-hosts, the co-hosts of this podcast, Jeff, Jason, and their friend Derek. Yeah, it's pretty exciting, and and uh, it's kind of nice to have like a nice uh, a nice thing to talk about, Rainier. You may or may not have heard Jeff and I talking about our uh, summit attempt that we were hoping for early May. Uh, of course, due to the coronavirus, that's been uh, pushed back a year. So now what we have for Mount Rainier is just memories. So it's going to be fun to relive those memories. Absolutely. I, yeah. Uh, the Wonderland Trail is a 93-mile um, circuit around Mount Rainier in Mount Rainier National Park. And uh, there's a lot of ways to experience that. So we'll get into that and, and hear a lot of the different ways you can you can enjoy that trail. So today we're excited for this episode to have Derek Loringer joining us. He is a restaurant owner in San Diego, a hiker, the blogger behind 100peaks.com, and most importantly, friends of our co-hosts here, Jeff and Jason. And they are all now, are you experts on the Wonderland Trail based on your summer experience? We're students of the Wonderland Trail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, so the three of us did do the trail together this uh, this August. I guess we know it pretty well because we went pretty slow by by the average pace of people. We did. We took thirteen days. Um, the average is probably more like ten or eleven. I'd say we we, we know it reasonably well. We know it pretty well. Yeah, except the whole western half, which we did in one day. <laughs> So for all of our friends who don't know about the Wonderland Trail, tell us a little bit about it. First of all, where is the Wonderland Trail? Uh, the Wonderland Trail is in Mount Rainier. Uh, it's a national park. And uh, it circles all of the various shoulders and ridgelines that uh, come down from Mount Rainier. So, um, yeah, you are going up and down, almost either up or down, almost the entire trail. Awesome. And how long is it? Uh, it's about 92, three miles. I have forgotten. Yeah, I think that, it, you know, the, the official mileage is a little bit depends on who you ask. It's one of those kind of things. So it's about 93 miles. We did a variation, though, so that adjusted it a little bit. Not too much. Yeah, we took the uh, the Spray Park route, which is, uh, I think, shortens it a little bit, but you go up higher than you would go. Um, and you on, on the upper, the north uh, western corner, there's like a little alternate that you can you can do or not. So it was an intentional detour. Yes. Yeah. No, we were lost. We planned on it. Um, and one thing with the Wonderland Trail, you, you stay in uh, assigned camping so sites. So we actually, our camping site that we were assigned that night uh, was actually off the spur. Uh, Eagle's Roost, which was a very, very lovely campsite. Got it. So 
in planning this trip, um, was one of you in charge of getting the permits? Is that is there a permit process that you need to go through? Does that include the campsites? Like logistically, how does one sort of attack attack this trail? There's a lottery system to get permits, and I believe it, it it's in March. It was in March or February. So if you're interested in doing the trail, um, that that's when you have to put in for the lottery. And we didn't get a single trip with like I mean seven or eight alternates or something like that. So what we ended up doing is getting walk-in permits. Um, luckily, they, they save a third of the campsites every night for walk-in permits. So we, we had a nice big two-week window. So we just, we showed up and I mean, we really lucked out. I think we basically got the, the itinerary we wanted with the exception of maybe one, one or two sites. Um, and it, yeah, it was pretty awesome. I, I, the walk-in experience was, was very good. So it would have been probably a little bit nicer to know, you know, because there are two places where you can send drops and stuff. It might have been nicer to know ahead of time, you know, where to mail those and all that. But uh, it ended up working out pretty well for us to do the walk-in. And Derek, leading up to this trip, what was, have you done a lot of through hikes before? Was this like a new milestone for you? Was this just business as usual, just cruising, you know, 100 miles-ish around a volcano? Yeah, this was kind of a re-entry into a thru-hike. Um, I had done several thru-hikes from age 12 to 15 uh, with my Boy Scout troop. And then since then, I kind of dropped off for a while and then just did maybe three to five day backpacking trips over the next few years. So this was kind of a re-entry into really doing a through hike, you know, and going for nearly um, three, uh, two weeks was definitely an eye-opening experience. What was the most eye-opening part of the experience? Um, just the, the, the mindset you have to get of just, you know, getting up and hiking every single day. We had, you know, no zero days. So we're always packing up and going. Um, we had varying mileage anywhere from 14 to, I think, what, four or five, I'm trying to remember. Um, so just going, 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 you know, making sure to, to jump in a lake whenever you can. And, uh, yeah, it's just that whole mindset of just going, going, going. Yeah, that's the one thing I struggle with the whole with through hiking is that it feels like you're it's I mean, it's always about the journey, but in through hiking because of food and because of, you know, campsites and stuff, you always feel like you have to get your destination. You have to get your destination. And so those opportunities, I'm glad to hear you guys jumped in some lakes because I feel like moments like that sometimes are lost because you're either, you know, you're going to run out of food or you just have the schedule that you need to keep. Well, that was one of the things that was nice about the way we did the Wonderland Trail, in, in my opinion. Um, we, as Jason had mentioned, did a more leisurely pace than a lot of people. You know, there's some people who do it in three days, as you'll you'll hear. And uh, there were, in fact, we saw a lot of people who were trail running the Wonderland Trail. And, um, you know, that's, it's just a different way to experience the outdoors. Now for us, after the first couple days, which were big, long, gnarly days, we had a lot of, you know, easier days, shorter days. And so we did get a lot of time to, you know, we'd get into camp before lunch and get set up and just hang out and read a book or take a nap or take photos or do whatever we want. So that was really nice. Did you all hike together the whole time? Uh, for the most part, I mean, small gaps. We all move at a, a right, pretty much the same pace. So I think one day one person would maybe be going a little faster than some, but I don't think we were ever, I don't remember ever waiting or being having to be waited for for more than like maybe 10 minutes, right? And max, I mean, we were pretty much together. I mean, a lot of times if someone was slower, I think each of us had a rough day, at least one rough day, and all of us had a horrible day too, which we'll, <laughs> okay, maybe we'll talk a little bit <laughs> about. I was going to say, do tell more. <laughs> day two... Well, so 
uh, 14 miles, I think, was what it said like in the guide, if you did the math that way. But it was uh, close to 6,000 feet, I think, of elevation in the day up and then like down, like probably at least another 45 up and down. And over like we, we did three climbs, basically, too. We did a shortish one from Devil's Dream, which is only about maybe 800 feet. But then we plummeted down a couple thousand feet and then we climbed a couple thousand feet to Emerald Ridge. And then we plummeted down a couple thousand feet more. And then we climbed up the biggest one of the day up to uh, Clapache Park and and St. And, uh, St. Andrews Lake and, and I then, mean and then climbed back down again and then went another way all the way back down again like another couple thousand feet and it was I mean the other thing that might not seem hard but I, I it had to be in the 90s uh, temperature wise Fahrenheit and it was so humid that like I mean it, the conditions were just like it was brutal I think I drank six liters of water and I was so dehydrated when we got into camp I couldn't produce enough saliva to like swallow my food so I was trying to eat a tortilla with peanut butter which is mealy as it is and I'd have to drink water to even be able to swallow I was so like so like like just just dehydrated and whatever and and I couldn't stand really either once we got to camp I pretty much collapsed on the floor of our campsite and it took me a while to be able to stand to even set up my tent it was really really exhausting it was a long day yeah that was a section where we would have liked to have had another camp you know somewhere yeah. in the middle of that but because we were walk-in permits yeah you know you kind of have to take what you can get and and that is sort of the way it works out is that if you you know the first couple of days you're competing with a lot of people for those campsites you know the 30 percent that uh, the third of the campsites that are for walk-ins and once we got beyond that Whereas there's very little competition for it. So we got a lot of the ones that we wanted. Yeah, we, well, the two sort of prime ones are, are Summerland and Indian Bar. And we got both of those, you know, one one night after the other. And we also kind of neatly, we because the only ones that were available were the group sites, which are actually the uh, the shelters. So we got the little shelters for two nights, which was which was kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah, and I th- I thought the the challenging part was um, uh, when we started the Wonderland Trail from where we started at Longmire, you're pretty much starting at like seven o'clock and going clockwise around a, a clock, and um, uh, that whole side is a rainforest. So the first few days, it was extremely warm and 100% humidity. So you start hiking and you're sweating through your clothes in the first five minutes. And you're constantly drinking water, but it's never enough. And for day after day after day, and then uh, uh, and then after that, it became we were walking in mist for days. So it's maybe not quite as hot, but it's still 100% humidity. So nothing ever dries out. I, you know, I kind of as a joke to myself i would hang up my little camp towel every night at every single campsite you know just pretending that it was actually going to dry but it would actually be wetter in the morning when i got up and you know it wasn't until we got around to maybe about noon or a little bit later uh, along that clockwise route that stuff actually started to to dry out so being that you're all socal based boys jet men um what like tips and tricks did you learn to figure out because we don't really deal with that here it's such a dry climate you know we're always like excited about water so what tips and tricks did you learn on how to either not get blisters or keep things dry not get things moldy stuff like that i think we kind of all failed at that i don't i think we were all pretty soggy i don't know that there is a i mean i kept because i have camera gear so obviously i you know i have to i keep all that in dry bags like you know sometimes in my pack depending on on if it's rainy or wet, I'll pack it in my pack in a dry bag with like a, a pack cover, you know, just several levels of dry protection. Um, I usually, I kind of like, I keep my clothes in dry bags in my pack as well. So, and I try to always like keep a dry set for camp. 
So if it's wet, like we have three days of wet, it's like, okay, I have these dry clothes that I'm going to wear in my tent and keep dry. And then I have these wet clothes and that's what I'm going to wear all day. So I, I at least have like, like a warm pair of socks to put on my feet or whatever. And if it's dry enough, I'll, I'll wear it outside at camp. If it's not, then I'll, I'll keep that. I'll just keep that dry. So just keep one set of clothes like protected and dry. Yeah, I, I kept, I had a down sleeping bag. So it was really important that I kept that dry. So I had that in a dry sack. And, um, you know, the tent it actually worked really well for me. I mean, you know, a little bit of condensation inside and that sort of thing. But I was kind of cozy in there. So you kind of have to kind of be a little zen about it and just say, you know, we're, you, you set up camp and it's raining and you really don't want to stand in the rain after, you know, you have a little hot tea or, you know, whatever. And then, you know, if we're like, all right, well, I'm going to get in my tent. You know, it's maybe it's only six o'clock, but, you know it's miserable outside. So I'm gonna stay in where it's at least a little bit more dry. And um, the other thing is that wearing technical clothes, you know, that dries really quickly, your bo- even though it's damp out and it might be misty or rainy, your body heat will help dry this stuff. So, you know, my socks, my shirt, my underwear, you know, my shorts and all that. You know, they were damp, but they were tolerable, you know, I guess. I think, Derek, your, your big thing was crossing that river in your camp shoes, because then, then it took like, those never those took like three or four days to dry. So you just didn't have anything dry to put on your feet. I think that was your biggest kind of, kind of like thing that you right. suffered. Yeah. yeah, I didn't, I did not have any water shoes. I did not, I mean, my camp shoes were all birds. So they're just made out of wool. And I'm used to hiking in the Sierra, backpacking the Sierra where you, if anything gets wet, you just wait till the afternoon, you hang it up and it dries in no time flat. So those actually, not only were they wet for so many days, they were also super heavy. So they're probably like a pound a piece, just you know, just this dead weight that I couldn't even use for half of the trip until they finally dried out on the on the north side of the mountain. Um, but as far as the being wet, what I noticed is that whatever I wore to sleep would end up being dry by by morning, um, which was nice. But the second you start hiking, you were, we were just wet again. But you know, at least when I was sleeping, I, I was comfortable and warm, and it all dried out. And what it ultimately came down to was just acceptance. Was this is how it was going to be? And this is how tomorrow's probably going to be. And I mean, for several days straight, it was like, okay, when is it going to get sunny again? Um, you know, when is anything ever going to be able to dry? So it's like, it's every day was just a hope that the next day was, was going to be a little bit better. Yeah. Hope for the best plan for the worst. Was there anything that surprised you about the trail aside from, you know, the wet and the rain, but I sh- I'm assuming because you were going to the Pacific Northwest, that wasn't necessarily a surprise. It was just something you had to deal with. But was there anything that surprised you about the Wonderland Trail? This was my second attempt on it. I had a failed attempt. And, and bef- the, the previous time I noticed this as well is how steep it is. It's far steeper than the than the Sierra. Um, I guess, I think, Jeff, you had the, the reason is the, the Sierra trails were designed for pack. So like for mules and horses. Right. There's like a maximum grade. Right. There's no maximum grade there. <laughs> there were parts of it that were like really, really like straight up. Up and down. Yeah. Literally. 
I, I think also because you think like you're going around a mountain, you kind of think it's not going to be, you know, like you think it's going to be re- reasonably flat. But the, the way that, you know, there's all these glaciers coming down from the summit and they've created all these glacial valleys, kind of like like small Yosemites. There's a whole bunch of like small Yosemite valleys and you're basically climbing over those ridges. So it's like basically straight up one ridge. You're on top for maybe a quarter mile, half mile, then straight down the other ridge, cross the river, straight up the next ridge. And yeah, there's there was not a lot of steady and there was there was almost no flat it was pretty much straight up or, or straight down almost the whole way i think one of the things that surprised me about the trail were the the mushrooms i was really captivated by all of the mushrooms and i actually took photos like a little log of all of the mushroom different kinds of mushrooms that i saw and i really wish that i knew more about them because i know from experience and we met a guy uh brad yeah. and his daughter who they they had harvested some mushrooms and sauteed them and had a feast with these things uh, but i don't know you know which are the good ones to yeah. eat and which are the bad ones to eat. and they did tell us at one point like oh yeah you see this one with the polka dots he says that's poisonous so stay away from that and we we didn't want to mess with that so how do you all know each other and then how did this whole trip happen how did it come together well, Jeff and I met when my documentary Mile Mile and a Half uh, was coming out, and he just, you know, he was running SoCal Hiker, and he was gracious enough to help us promote it and did that. So we basically met through that, and then I think um, through that, he and I and my my co-director producer Rick and I, I went on a couple hikes together. I think our colorist Bruce came on one as well, and we, so we just kind of started hiking together. And then we both kind of independently signed up to do the Zion Half Marathon, maybe five years ago now, four or five years ago yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like. I think you had posted something, hey, did anyone else, else sign up for this? I'm like, well, I did. And neither of us, I think there were one or two people that said they were going to do it with me that flaked. And I think you probably had some flakes. Yep. So we ended up driving out to do the Zion Half Marathon together. We, we both, neither of us trained for that. <laughs> so we both suffered through it and finished it uh, and just had a great time, you know, drove out, drove back. And we started doing um, one of those a year. We didn't do one this year. We did the Wonderland instead, but we did the Grand Canyon. We did the Glacier National Park and we did the uh, Grand Teton Half Marathons over the years. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, just a bunch of other trips and then just i've been doing his you know great six pack of peaks for a bunch of years so we've done a bunch of those peaks together five years you've done it yeah Jason. yeah i'm one yeah. of the few left one of the few one of the few five-year people and then i actually through the six pack i also met derek because uh, they were friends from some blogging things and he would always derek would always come to the finishers party after a couple of years uh i think we talked about hiking for a while and finally um tip who's uh, of Jim and Tip from Mile Mile and a Half and also the, our, our documentary No Attack uh, was down in San Diego so I was looking for a place to hike and we ended up inviting Derek along because you know he lives down there and knows all the good trails and now I think we've hiked uh, two three times with uh, with Tip just whenever yeah, Tip, yeah. whenever Tip's in town we, we go for hikes so that's how I, how I got to know Derek. Yeah Derek what was the name of the group that we initially met through like face to face through? It's like the Southern um, California hiking. I don't even know. You, you talk about the one, like the massive one. We all got together and hiked, and yeah, it's going to be the most yeah, yeah, yeah. hike in the world because we're all bloggers. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't even remember, but I mean, you and I had been communicating since probably 2009 or so because we both started blogging right about the same time and uh, you were OC and I was San Diego and you know it was just you know we were both kind of the people of our areas that were you know going out hiking and sharing our 
our experiences. So we got to know each other that way. Um, and then, yeah, and then I started going six pack of peaks and for the Wonderland Trail, I pretty much invited myself along. I heard them talking about it and uh, at the at the finisher's party. And I'm like, so Wonderland Trail, huh? You guys mind if I come along? And they're like, yeah, sure, sure. So I pretty much invited myself and so glad I, that I did. Yeah. yeah, we're glad you were there. Yeah, no, he, he literally did send an email. Hey guys, I'm inviting myself on your Wonderland Trail trip. We're like, oh, okay. <laughs> Easy yes, of course. But, you know, thankfully we like Derek and it worked out well, you know, because you never know. It could well, have been, you know, that, you know. Is a, that is a very interesting point because we had not, none of us have done a long trip together. We've done no. an overnight backpack trip yeah. and we've done, you know, road trips where we were yeah. doing stuff, but we'd never done a longer backpacking trip and and the dynamics are such that you know you 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 there will be pain yeah there will be suffering at some point it's not a question of if it's a matter of when and you know your true self your true nature comes out you know and you don't know necessarily until you've lived the experience together what that's going to be like you know are you going to uh, hate each other and be choking each other around the neck before the end or are you going to be friends and uh, fortunately it worked out really well for us yeah no no, no. it was a blast I, I loved hiking with you guys luckily I had a great uh, you know outlook every single day I never had any low moments I was cheerful <laughs> every second yeah. no matter what happened he, he had a really low morale point at, uh, at Dick Creek which is a pretty impressive campground it's, it, it's like we up hear. on this canyon we hear it was very misty so we, we got a, actually quite a pretty sunset for like a minute it, but but we were on this ledge and you couldn't see 10 feet in front of us off the ledge so our initially when we got to the campground we were just wet soggy tired it was a pretty that was a reasonably one of our longer days um, not as hard as the previous two but but definitely kind of a, a longish day and, and I think the conditions made it tired and he had been wet for like I think two or three days before that and he was like I, I, I think, think he was, was a little over days. it <laughs> yeah he was a little over it but but you know the nice thing is I mean one thing that he did that was great was he had packed uh three beers um and his uh, and our pickup uh our, our, our resupply so I think we out we all had a beer cleared up a little bit got a nice view and I think you were missing your family as well a little bit at that point right I think which is probably what happens when you're cold and miserable and a little bit tired and a little bit hangry yeah and my my tent stopped working very well at that campsite too that was the only campsite that my tent didn't work because it required stakes it was not freestanding and it was so muddy just from being wet that the stakes wouldn't stay in the ground so I had rocks and then uh, the rocks would actually just drag in the mud. So, you know, my tent wasn't working that well either. It was raining. Um, but you know what really did turn me around was that uh, Jason brought this apple cider, this hot apple cider. Yeah. And we started having that every afternoon. And no matter how the day was going, you have some of that apple cider and you're just like, ah, oh, this is nice. Apple cider is my go-to, snow camping, cold thing. Oh, yeah. I don't know it's what good. It, it warms like, you up yeah. inside. It's yeah. sweet. Got a little bit of sugar. It's so yeah. It gives yeah. you a little boost, and uh, it just makes you feel good. Yeah, I just buy that that Alpine, yeah. whatever, the stuff from, from the supermarket. It's not that expensive. It's reasonably light. It's really tasty. Yeah, I found that as kind of my favorite. Um, I, I've brought some nice high some hot chocolates and stuff in the past as well, but yeah, that cider is really like that warm beverage in the night is just, just nice, especially I think because it, it's sweet. It's almost like a little bit of a treat as well. You know, when you're on the trail, obviously, for that long so it's harder to have like regular communication and depending on what kind of communication you have so how did you deal with sort of being away from home for that long and was there anybody at home that you were missing 
Yeah, for me, definitely. Uh, my wife and daughter. Um, this is the first time that I had been away from my daughter that long. Um, How old is my she? wife? She's 11. Okay. Um, and, uh, my wife did travel. She used to travel a lot for work. So I was kind of used to that, but I would be at home with my daughter all that time. So, um, it's just never been that long, you know, a few nights here, a few nights there, but you know, two solid weeks, it's kind of, you know, it was pretty intense just to, to be away for that long. We are the type of family that spends every moment together. So to be able to, to ha be that separate while you're also suffering is, you know, it, it, it can be challenging, but luckily I did have one of those uh, in, in, in reaches. So I was able to text them every night and, but a lot, sometimes we were in very forested areas and stuff and it would take a while for that satellite to go by. So I'd have to wait like 10 minutes or 15 minutes for a response if I would even get one. But ultimately I was able to say, you know, good night and tell them about my day a little bit. And so that really helped cheer me up. Yeah, a lot of times in those moments it's like, why? Why am I here? Why am I doing this? Was your daughter proud of you when you got home? Did she? Uh, was yes. your daughter proud of you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She also backpacks too. I, I take her backpacking this year, so she, you know, was probably partially jealous, but also, you know, just happy to have me, have me home. That's cool. What's the longest trip that you've done with your daughter? Um, we've done uh, actually so far it's only been one night. I mean, okay. we've done one night backpacking and then we'll also camp somewhere else. Um, she's itching. We were trying to do it this summer, but the, the snow in the Sierra was just so much. We just had to bail because it was like 20 degrees at night. So we're like, let's get off this mountain. So what, you know, obviously that sounds like there was a lot of suffering and a lot of maybe type two fun going on on the trail. Um, so what was, were there any highlights? Were there any moments that stand out as sort of like breaking through literally the mist and the fog to be shiny and bright? Yeah, I, I think one of, I think all of our favorite moments, we had a really cool little little moment of trail magic um, when we were at Summerland. Um, we, well, the night briefly, the day before, we, well, we met a, a really nice father-daughter uh, team that were hiking, and uh, they had been hiking along with the solo hiker who was a fireman from, from Las Vegas, uh, Brian, and uh, it was his birthday that night. So, and because we had the group site, which was the shelter, we invited everyone in the camp to come over to celebrate his birthday. We had some beers. Everyone kind of brought a little something for him. And, and I think it was really nice. He, you could tell he really enjoyed it and, and really had fun and had a good thing. It was just a really nice kind of bonding, nice moment. That was good. And, and you know, I mean, there was some type two fun, but I mean, really like day two kicked us into shape. So the next day after that, we were a little tired, but it was a pretty short day. But by then we were pretty fit. And uh, I mean, yeah, a little bit of type two with the rain, but then like the second half of it we had really good weather and i mean we got you know that's when we really started getting the amazing views like spray park is an amazing view but it was fogged in and so we only really got a few moments when the clouds parted and we saw the mountain and then it it got gray again so and we spent an hour up there kind of shivering hoping that the mountain would show itself and it didn't but then after that when, once we started hitting like um once you'd get up to the the tops of the ridges you'd get these just stunning views of the mountain and, and that was great too so that that was definitely a highlight i think one of the highlights for me was swimming in the lakes. Yes. That was a blast. And so, for sure. like, the the first place was Golden Lakes, yeah. right? Yes. The We did this a couple times. But Golden Lakes, we got there, and you you know, I think, uh, Jason, you, you were going to go in first. Yes, yeah. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. It's cold. And But then I saw you going, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go in, you know? And so we, yeah, we go in. And then Derek comes down, like, I'm going to go in, too. And so we were swimming out in the lake. There's a little island out there. Yeah. And, 
Uh, it was awesome. It really was. And I think we, you know, we had, you know, that was our fourth day or so. So we had, you know, we had a lot of sweating in the, in the humidity, in the heat, climbing up. So it felt really good just to like kind of get, get kind of clean. It felt really, the water felt good and we were tired. And then all of a sudden it was like new life and we had like a whole bunch of energy and, and it was yeah, it great. it perks you up a lot. Yeah. And uh, of course, that that lake was also our water source. Yes, yes, true. <laughs> so, so but it's all about parts per of, you know proper water treatment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, yeah. And I don't really want to like I don't want to make it sound like we suffered the whole time. The, the thing about this trail that I think is so amazing about it, it's like even on our hardest day, we were you know faced with these amazing views, and you know like St. Andrews Lake was completely amazing. I mean, we were, we wanted to be done for the day, but we were not even close, but we were able to sit at this lake and just the amazing reflection of Mount Rainier in it. And it was just, I mean, like I said, like every time you thought you, you were just kind of done something would you turn a corner and there'd be this amazing view and you're like, this is all completely worth it. And I almost forget what I was mad about back there. Awesome. Yeah. I think every day we had moments where we like, this is wonderful. Yeah. This trail is wonderful. Yeah. They should call this the Wonderland Trail. Yeah. No, There's so sure. much wonder. Yeah. No, it was great. And, cool. you know, one nice thing that's always a highlight is depending on, you know, you're, you have at least one place where you stop and you can get like a cheeseburger or two. There's like a night, you know, you know, for us it was Sunrise and that's a really neat place. And um, we camped there that night. So that was kind of cool. We got in, you know, obviously the lure of a cheeseburger. We got in pretty early and I think we did cheeseburger lunch and hot dog dinner. Nice. So that was, that's always kind of a nice morale booster and something to like when you break it down and you have something to look, something to look forward to. So speaking of burgers, mm-hmm. Derek. I hear you yes. have. I hear you have a burger restaurant. Is this true? I certainly do. Do you like? Do you think and like inspire up new kinds of burgers when you're on the trail? Because I feel like we always talk about hamburgers at some point on the trail. Like when we get back, I want. I think when I'm backpacking, I mean, when I get back, I just want to have that classic cheeseburger. I like. I don't want some fancy, you know, burger. Just give me the classic cheeseburger, and that's gonna or or two. I mean, it doesn't have to be just one. Um, And that's going to satisfy me. So, Derek, what advice would you give to somebody who now is so inspired to to do the Wonderland Trail? Um, What is some information you wish you had had going into it? Yeah, what's interesting is that I did a ton of research like I always do. So I knew about the elevation gain. You know, all the reports say it's 22,000 feet of gain. But I'm like, but it's over, you know, 93 miles. How bad can it be? And, you know, people talk about the rain. They talk about the bugs. We were lucky. We had very, very little bugs. So that was really awesome. Um, but I guess the biggest thing I can recommend is, you know, just be accepting, accepting, be open. Just make sure that you're constantly uh, open to whatever is coming your way. Don't fight it. Don't try to control what's going to happen. You know, just accept it and today is just going to be how today is going to be and tomorrow is going to be how tomorrow is going to be and uh at some point in time you're going to see mount rainier hopefully i know a lot of people who've done the trail and never even saw it once um but yeah you just have to take each day as it comes um i will say too uh, one of the really neat things about it when we hiked was the the wildflowers there are these meadows that you hike through where it's like you're you know this narrow trail and 
there's just fields of, of really beautiful like lupine and all these other flowers. So we had a real foggy day coming out of Indian Bar, and we, but we hiked up on this ridge. And I've I hiked when I did it before that ridge, there was a clear view, and it was actually quite a nice view. But it was still so pretty because like you were in this cloud, and there was like flowers everywhere, and it was like a really narrow trail, and it was just a really beautiful wilderness and here sometimes you can't see the mountain because you're hiking through the forest but the forest is really beautiful i mean it's all it's old growth pacific northwest basic temperate rainforest so it's gorgeous really beautiful trees um, the whole environment there is just it's really spectacular it's really beautiful and the mountain is of course amazing and the views of it are, are spectacular but it's just being immersed in that wilderness is is a pretty great experience yeah i wanted to add this isn't unique to the wonderland trail but every time you go to the outdoors and through hiking, backpacking. Um, one of the, the best things about it is the people that you meet on the trail. Uh, they're all going through something similar to you. And so you kind of get this bond. We ended up meeting people a couple times. We met some great rangers. Um, we actually met uh, some people that were going around counterclockwise. And so we, we were able to meet them up twice on the trail and that, you know, it was fun to sit and hang out and share stories. And, you know, a lot of these people have been to the similar places we have and also very different places that we have. So there was just so much, um, kind of everybody was just sharing their joy of the outdoors. And, uh, whenever we had a chance, we would sit down and chat with people and it just ended up being a very nice part of the trip. No, that's cool to hear because I think sometimes, especially when you're hiking with a group of friends, it's really easy to sort of to be doing your own thing and just sort of to be on the trail and like, oh, we got, you know, we have a group of buddies, like you're on your own program, doing your own thing. So it's cool to hear that you sort of had all those experiences and sort of met all those other hikers. And that's actually very cool. I like yeah, that. it was a great time. What time of year did you guys go? August. August. Yeah, mid-August. Uh, it is, I should say, it's a reasonably narrow window. Um, you know, the first time I had tried, it was in early July and there was a lot of snow and a lot of the really pretty places like the meadows and stuff were snow so it was like trees snow trees snow so you want to you know if some years obviously every year is different for snow some years in july it's reasonably open and you can go that early but probably if you want the best experience you're looking at august and september and already in late september the weather really starts going south up there so it's a very narrow window to to do it i'm gonna have to schedule some hikes down in at least six of them right Jeff? Yeah. <laughs> Subtle plug. All right. Thanks, man. Have a good night. Yeah, thanks okay. for joining us. Yeah, this was fun. Thank you. All right. Well, we are very excited to have Paulina and Mac with us today to talk about the Wonderland Trail. There's a lot of ways to get around the Wonderland Trail. And so we are exploring different stories and different people and different options. And Paulina and Mac, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourselves? I'm Mac. I'm originally from uh, Southern California. I yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, I guess you could say I've been hiking for like six years now, because uh, basically my first time really backpacking was the Pacific Crest Trail in 2013, and I've just been doing it pretty much ever since. Not the Pacific Crest Trail, but backpacking. It's kind of a baptism by fire. Just just starting with the PCT. Yeah, I just. Uh, I thought it would be really cool to walk from Mexico to Canada. And Mac, you also have a website or um, resources for the PCT, correct? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Then I also uh, I run a website or a blog or whatever you want to call it called uh, Halfway Anywhere, where uh, 
there's a lot of information for through hiking, like uh, on the PCT and the Continental Divide Trail, and then just uh, hiking from other places that I've been across the world as well. Just basically trying to make the hikes that I do more accessible to uh, people who want to do them in the future, kind of thing. Um, how do we find your website? Uh, you can just halfwayanywhere.com or uh, Google Halfway Anywhere or any of the social channels. It's that's where I'm at. All right. And Paulina, tell us about you. So I grew up in Northern California in the Bay Area. And um, right now I am I work full time as a software engineer for a really, really, really small healthcare startup. And uh, I'm really fortunate because it allows me to be fully remote. Uh, right now, Mac and I are based out of Sacramento. Um, but you can also find us on the road at any given time. Um, and on the side, I also work as a freelance photographer, sometimes a writer, and a blogger. So I am not as successful as Mac. I would disagree. Tell us a little bit about your blog, Little Grunts. Sure. Yeah, so my blog, um, Little Grunts, or littlegrunts.com, is a blog that's really designed for the weekend warrior and maxi- maximizing that 5 p.m. on a Friday up till 9 a.m. on a Monday because though it might not seem like it, I am also a weekend warrior. Um, so a lot of the content is geared towards, you know, like two to three day backpacking trips or, um, you know, like really cool day hikes and whatnot that people should check out in the Bay Area. And on top of that, I also do gear reviews um, because I am from the Bay Area where rent prices are insane and, you know, space is at a, at a premium. So having multifunctional gear is really, really important. So one of the reasons we really wanted the guys to talk to you both is because of your experiences on the Wonderland Trail. You both had some very different experiences of that trail, and I thought we could touch on that. Maybe with start with Mac and tell us about what your how you did the Wonderland Trail. Uh, so basically, Paulina told me that she had a permit to do the Wonderland Trail uh, because you need a permit uh, to camp in the backcountry along the Wonderland Trail. And, uh, you know, it's always been a trail that I've been been interested in doing. And I have a friend who I met on the Continental Divide Trail who I remembered had done the Wonderland Trail without a permit. So I said to him, how did you do the Wonderland Trail without a permit? You know, and not just camping in the backcountry, I guess you'd say illegally. Um, and... Basically, he told me if you camp from or if you hike from front country campsite to front country campsite, of which there are three, um, kind of conveniently spaced along the Wonderland Trail, you can actually do it without a permit because you are kind of technically doing three long day trips through the backcountry, but you're never staying in the backcountry. Um, so that's the route that I decided to take to do the Wonderland Trail. It does involve three long days because the Wonderland, how, what is it, 90? Six miles? I think 93, oh, I think, is the... 93 miles? Yeah, yeah according cool. to this website called Halfway Anywhere, <laughs> uh, it's 93 miles. Yeah, okay, that's that's a pretty good resource from what I hear. So, um, yeah, I think it ended up being like a 36-mile a day and like a 33-mile day and like a 26-mile day. I'm sure those don't add up to 93, but it's something around there, plus or minus a mile for each of, each of those days. And were you trail running or fast hiking? Uh, neither really. I mean, I just hike. I would wake up before sunrise, and uh, on the two longer days, I would hike until after sunset. And I just hike all day. I mean, it's 
just keep a consistent pace and um you know, I was hiking by myself, so I wasn't really taking any breaks. And also the weather wasn't so great on two of those days, which discouraged breaks even more. So, I mean, I generally hike probably between three and four miles an hour, and I just don't really stop the whole day is my strategy. I mean, running and trail running has never really been something that I'm into, but I guess just the endurance, uh, hiking endurance or whatever you want to call it, that's, uh, that's what I have going for me. What time of year did you do this? This was, was it mid-September? Mid-September. Yeah, mid-September, like second or third week of September is when we did it. Considering you had bad weather and the pace at which you moved, did you enjoy it? <laughs> um, I would say I am happy that I did it. Um, I enjoyed it. I've enjoyed other trips more, and I've certainly enjoyed other trips less. It's... It wasn't my favorite. I'm sure if it had been, uh, you know, blue skies and sunny weather the whole time, I would have enjoyed it a little bit more. But I feel kind of, I feel bad saying anything. It was a nice trail, but it, it wasn't my favorite trail. I, I probably wouldn't repeat it. Or maybe I would if I knew it was going to be three amazing days or I knew I was going to do it at a slower pace and it was going to be really nice the whole time. We have to do it together. <laughs> I have to finish the trail. That's true. All right, so Paulina... Tell us about the trip that you planned to do. Um, so my friend actually got permits for it, and she invited me along. So I was kind of just tagging along because somebody else had done all the planning for me. Um, and our itinerary followed one of the summer itineraries, so we were going to do the whole loop in 10 days. Um, and some of our days were less than five miles and some of our days were maybe barely 10 10 11 miles which is really nice nice manageable lazy pace for me um but the first two days or we were on the trail for i think four days and then two of those four days we were just completely soaked it was raining it was miserable um and then one of my friends had an in reach so we would kind of check the weather for and get like a forecast for like the next couple days and we got to a place where we had cell service and we called somebody and we're like hey can you give us kind of just like the weather forecast for the next week and i think that like out of the next seven days or whatever it was it was going to be like five out of seven days of rain so we were like mm, this doesn't sound very fun um i think we're gonna bail <laughs> where where did you start um so i started at the devil's dream camp and we ended at Mowich Lake Walking Camp, um, where Mac had his car parked. Um, so it actually was super convenient having him do the trail like counterclockwise. Did I was it? Yeah, counterclockwise, and having me go clockwise because um, on our third, fourth day, we we were able to kind of just bail out where where Mac's car was. Yay, Mac's car! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you, Paulina, is because. I think so many times you hear stories about everything going right and everything like this, you know, fastest known times and all of these success stories. But I think there's something to be said for sometimes plans don't work out. And so sort of sort of what goes along with that? And, you know, I heard you already say that you guys are planning on doing it next year. And so how, you know, sort of what was the feelings or takeaways after you've taken 10 days and you put it aside and you didn't do it? Um, was it a group decision to keep not keep going? Like, just talk a little bit more about the decision to decide to stop. Yeah, um, it was definitely a group decision to 
to stop. Um, we were all just so wet and so stinky. And um, in hindsight, I probably should have brought another tent. So we, so Mac and I have a three-person MSR tent. And for, like, the two of us, it's great. But for three people, it is not great because we were pretty crammed in there. Um, whoever was in the middle had the best spot because... They did not get wet, but whoever was on the side, which was me, um, there was, like, so much condensation coming down on the tent, and, like, all of my stuff was just soaked. Like, sleeping pad is soaked, sleeping bag was soaked, and just, like, waking up wet every single day was just absolutely miserable. And then, you know, we would get to camp, and we would set up our tent as fast as we could, and then just sit in there and really just not get to enjoy anything around us. Um, And so... Um, when we found the weather for when we saw the weather forecast and how horrible it was, it was a pretty easy decision to to just be like, you know what, we're gonna call it quits. You know, the trail's not really going anywhere, and we can always come back if we wanted to. Um, one of the people I did it with was in Seattle, so that's something where she can come back and section hike it if she wanted to. And personally, for me, um, I'd been on I'd been traveling quite a bit for for the last month, um, so. Being able to go home early and sleep in my bed was a really, really nice bonus. And on top of that, um, my work is pretty flexible, and I had taken all this time off for the trail. And so being able to get that time back um, so I could, you know, put towards other trips was pretty pretty cool, too. Don't feel too bad. I failed on my first attempt on the Wonderland as well. We were, I think I made it <laughs> f- four days into a nine-day trip, and we went too early, and it was snowy. And my friend got sick, so we, we just uh, bailed. <laughs> I think that sometimes that's just the only thing you can do. I, I think that's something to be said for the Wonderland Trail is that because it is a circuit and there are three major trailheads where you can kind of bail out, it, it, you, you've got a lot of options there. Yeah, you know, and I think plan it's a B. really cool trip. Yeah. I think it's a really cool trip for, you know, people who are like, I don't know if I like hiking long distances because then you can be like, well, you know, I can hike, I don't know, 30 miles or 40 miles. And then if I decide I don't want to, then I can just call someone to come get me. I also just realized the genius of Max's plan and that he got to have a cheeseburger every single night while hiking the Wonderland Trail. No, I, I did not get a cheeseburger while hiking. It was, it was, uh... That extra distance that it would have taken to walk to uh, the lodges uh, was definitely not in my itinerary. Um, I didn't even bring a stove with me. Yeah, I didn't even bring a stove. So every night it was just crawl into my tent, eat some cheese wrapped in a tortilla and like a bar or something and get to sleep so I could get as much uh, sleep as possible before having to wake up before sunrise the next day. Uh, Mac, when when we did our trip in August... There were a few days where we didn't see the mountain because of the weather. Did you have that experience or were you able to actually see the mountain? Uh, I didn't see the mountain until my third and last day. So the first two days was just completely socked in and I didn't see anything. And I would be at these, these points on the trail and I would be looking towards the mountain and imagining and thinking to myself like, wow, this is probably one of those like great views that people, you know, really relish about the Wonderland Trail. But... I was just staring into the clouds, so I only really got to see the mountain from like the north side, pretty much between um between White River Campground and Moach Lake Campground, which was still which was really nice. So it was kind of like a reward on the third day. I'm like, all right, cool, I'm finishing. I finally get to see the mountain, but 
yeah, those first two days, which probably, you know, contributed to my overall perception of it. You know, I was just hiking in the trees for most of those first two days, not seeing the mountain when I popped out of the trees and getting rained on. So, you know, it was a different kind of experience. Type two fun. Exactly. Yeah. Looking back on it, I can say that was, was so great. I really loved it. But I actually met on my first day and I think it was her second day and I, I packed in a resupply for her. And uh, when we met up with each other and like crossed paths on the trail, I, I was just soaked and freezing cold. And as much as I wanted to stop and hang out and chat with her, it was it was in the cards for us. And I just had to keep going. <laughs> Yeah, he was miserable. Meanwhile, like, I'm charging uphill. I'm, like, super excited. Um, good good motivation for me is to, to be able to see my partner coming in the opposite direction. Because I think that's, like, the fastest I've hiked in a really long time. But, you know, he's coming down the mountain, and he looks miserable. And I'm, like, hiking uphill, and I'm so happy. I'm, like, singing at the top of my lungs. And I'm, like, smiling, which is very rare. <laughs> Two different places, even though you're in the same place, <laughs> literally. <laughs> Definitely. I have a question for Paulina. Yeah, what's up? Yeah, so was this the longest hike you had done so far? Like, I know you do a lot of outdoor stuff and backpacking, but was this going to be the longest, like, through hike or long distance hike that you'd done? Yes. So, I guess not being, like, being able to say that I finished the Wonderland Trail and did 93 miles or whatever, and having that be my longest trail would have been pretty cool. Um, so, that's a little bit of a bummer of bailing. But there's so many other cool trails that I can do. What's your favorite distance of backpack? My favorite distances? Um, That's kind of hard to say. I like, like, maybe like a seven-mile day is really nice where you start really early and then you hike somewhere really cool and then you get there, you know, like early afternoon and you have time to set up camp, um, go swimming, and then most importantly, have happy hour. (laughs) I like it. And Mac, what about you? Um, if I'm hiking on a trail and not like going cross country or just like bushwhacking all day, for me, an ideal day is probably like if I was just planning a trip with some friends and we're just going to go out into the Sierra for a couple of days, it would probably be like 15 to 20, maybe 20, 25, depending on elevation miles per day. And because I mean, with me, my thing is like once I get to camp, you know, once I'm sitting around for like an hour or two, it's, I just I just start to get antsy. You know, I'm like, well, am I am I just gonna eat the rest of my food now or go to sleep? Or so I like being able to stop in the middle of the day, swim, hang out, hike a little bit more, and then uh, set up camp and hang out for a while, but not too long. And I guess just just taking this back to the beginning for you guys, what what got you into backpacking? Well, I basically worked on the east coast for a summer as a bartender and uh met this old guy who was telling me about how he was going to hike the appalachian trail and i basically said to him like i'd never even really heard of the appalachian trail and i was like that's the coolest thing i've ever heard like you're gonna walk from georgia to maine so basically i had this money saved up from working all summer and i was like all right mysterious stranger i'm going to do this as well so i started researching it and then basically discovered the pacific crest trail and when I was like, wow, there's one of these same long distance trails that goes from Mexico to Canada and it's in California because I'm from California. I was like, OK, well, now I'm going to do that one. And I basically did the PCT the next year. And uh, like you said, trial by fire. It's, it's just been lots of backpacking ever since. And Paulina, how did you get in, into the outdoors? Um, for me, I grew up really close to the Santa Cruz Mountains and my parents heard of the summer camp called Walden West 
Um, and they decided to send me and my two siblings to it um, just to get us out of their hair for like a week or so over the summer. And for them, it was pretty whatever for me. Something just completely clicked. And I absolutely loved camp. Um, And I was a little bit too old to keep attending as a camper. So I ended up going back as a camp counselor. um, And I volunteered like a ton of time every summer just to like hang out with kids for like three weeks. Um, And they also had like back then they had these really cool outdoor programs like intro to rock climbing or intro to backpacking. So they had these beginning backpacking trips. And I looked at it and I was like, hey, mom, this sounds cool. Like, will you pay for me to go on this trip? Um, So they took us on a five-day trip called Skyline to the Sea. And, like, looking back now, I'm like, why did I do that in five days? I think some of our longest miles were, like, longest days were, like, five-mile days. But, yeah, from there, I kind of got hooked. And then I went to school. Life happened. You know, extracurriculars happened. So the outdoors kind of took a little bit of a back burner. But then once I graduated from college, um, I was like, I have no friends. Like, you know, I don't really know anyone who lives um in the hometown that I grew up in so I guess I will just start rock climbing and hiking because I really have nothing else to do and from there it kind of just took off again it's so funny because knowing you you're just like I have no friends I'm like how can you have no friends you're the best person ever (laughs) (laughs) so what's the longest backpack you two have done together oh three four nights I think, or three or four nights in the Wind River three Range. Nights. Yeah, three nights in the Wind River Range in uh, in July or August of this year. It was a good. Uh, it was a good first backpacking trip. I think uh, we'd be capable of remaining together over the course of a longer backpacking <laughs> trip. <laughs> so if you if you get permits for the Wonderland Trail, how many nights are you planning yeah. on going for? What would be the what would be the future plan? Uh, speaking of future plans, I started toying with the idea of actually going on a long trail, and um, the the Great Divide Trail in Canada sounds mildly appealing for 2021. So I guess now that I'm nice. hanging on a podcast, I actually have to go do it. Awesome. Goals, we talk a lot about goals here, you know, and having that goal is always a good thing. So how long is that trail? Um, I looked it up recently, and I think it's about 700 miles. Holy moly. And so you know, we've asked our lawyer, and anything mentioned as a goal on this podcast is mandatory. (laughs) So now you are legally (laughs) binded. You might be able to get away with it because that trail's in Canada. We'll have to ask, though. I'm, I'm fairly certain you now have to do it. Oh gosh. So what about for the year ahead? What what are your adventure goals? Uh, well, I'm pretty excited about Paulina's uh, thoughts on the Great Divide Trail because the year ahead is mostly going to be focused, not mostly, but I think primarily focused on climbing, which uh, I've been getting more into uh, since being with Paulina. So we got a trip coming up uh, to Brazil for five weeks. And then I think I might head elsewhere in South America to do some solo backpacking for a little bit. And then uh, what are we doing in July, August? Well, in, I think over the, the first half of the summer, hopefully spending a bunch of time in the Sierra. Um, I really like bouldering. Um, and Tyler wants to do more trad climbing, so 
might do might do a mixture of both there. And then I think in August we're hoping to head to South Africa for about four weeks. Wow. So, so Paulina, what is this company you work for that lets you take all this time off? And are they hiring? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I work for a company called Canvas Medical, and it's a super duper small startup, and everybody works remotely. Um, so, all, so I'm not actually taking that much time off. We're going to Brazil for five weeks, like like Max said, but I think I'm going to end up working for for three of those, three or four of those five weeks. Um, I haven't quite decided yet. And then when we head to South Africa, I'll definitely end up working from there. Also, not really sure what that looks like yet in, in terms of the time difference. Maybe I'll like work or maybe I'll go climbing in the morning and then work at night or, you know, work every other day or work, I don't know, three days a week and then climb for two days because my body also, I'm getting old, so my body can't climb every single day. And it's, um, my job's pretty flexible. I'm really, really lucky because, you know, like my butt doesn't have to be in an office and I don't have to be available. Um, or like people aren't counting the hours that I'm online. It's more, um, based on results and make, just making sure that whatever work that I have, that I, whatever work is assigned to me need gets done. That's awesome. Yeah. Sounds like you're living the dream. It sure feels like it. If I ever get laid off or, you know, if something happens and I don't have this job anymore, I'm going to be be really, really sad. Hey, thank you guys, Paulina and Mac. Thank you so much for joining us and sharing your experiences on the Wonderland Trail. It's really interesting to see everybody, how they experience the mountain and, and the trail and how it can be very, very different. Yeah, thank you guys for having us. Yeah, thanks so much. Well, that's going to do it for us. You can find Derek at 100 Peaks. You can find his burger joint at burgerbench.com or burgerbench on social media. If you happen to be near Escondido, you should stop in and grab a burger and a beer. You'll be glad you did. You can follow Paulina at Paulina Dow or on her blog, littlegrunts.com, and Mac at Halfway Anywhere. Please make sure to subscribe and follow us on social media. On Instagram, we're at almostthere underscore AP or the Almost There Adventure Podcast on Facebook. Our title track, Almost There, is performed by Opus Orange and is provided courtesy of Emoto. If you aren't already following them on Instagram, Twitter, and all that, you should. And listen to their new album, Miles From Nowhere, which is out now. And if you want to follow us individually, you can follow Severia at Adventure Us Women. That's Adventure US Women. You can follow Jeff at The SoCal Hiker, and you can follow me at The Muir Project. Make sure to tune into our next episode where we talk to our good friend Airborne, a.k.a. John Schwarz, about through hiking and all of his amazing adventures. Thanks again for listening, and we'll be back with another episode in two weeks.